What's going on, Knowledge Boners? Welcome to the Knowledge Boner Podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us. I'm your host, Dylan Starr, my co-host, Wally Wynn. And uh, we have a friend of ours that's on here today who's also an entrepreneur. Uh, we actually just launched a new movement called Where Two or More Meet, which was really cool, exciting. Posted that first episode uh, Wednesday. So definitely go and check that out. I want to introduce you to our friend, Tim Pitt. Tim, how's it going, man? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So today we're going to kind of dive into the um, direct selling industry. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are, you know, here to learn different ways to make money, different ways to monetize. Um, you know, we love doing interviews, so super excited to have them here. So why don't, why don't you go ahead and tell them about your story, how you got started in direct selling and, and you know, where you're at in your entrepreneurial journey. All right, well, let's see. Where can I start from? There's like so many different angles on it. Um, well, first of all, I was born in Chicago, um, moved to Puerto Rico with my family because my mom is originally from there. Uh, moved to Puerto Rico when I was four years old and lived there till I was just turning 22 years old. And I got married and moved over here to Florida um, to this specific area that I really, really started to like because I, I came here a few times to visit because I was actually playing playing drums in a band at the time that was... You know, just like in business, you know, like you like try to get your get your name out there as much as possible. So we were doing a little Florida run, a few shows and where I was staying at, I ended up falling in love with the area, which is where I live right now. And that's kind of where I could say where my journey actually started in regards to going after something and just believing it's going to happen, even though you have no clue how it's going to happen, because um, at the time. I was working at Advance Auto Parts, um, part-time, making seven fifteen an hour. Um, the house that I wanted to get, which, again, is where I'm at right now, was a nice two-story home with a lake in the back on a freaking golf course. So it made absolutely no sense in everybody's mind when I would say, not only am I going to move out of my parents' house for the first time in my life, but I'm going exactly just to go buy a house that looks like this, and it's in this area. Um so pretty much I did that. Like when I was still here in Florida with, with the band, um, playing shows and stuff, I called my girlfriend, which is now my wife. And I basically told her, I go, Hey, I love this area. I know that we haven't really spoken much about marriage, but we obviously are serious. And even though we haven't spoken about it, we know that eventually we were going to get married. How would you feel about doing that, going through that process a little bit sooner than we could ever had imagined and moving here to the U S she said yes over the phone, and we just started planning. Um, so about a year later, pretty much, I asked for a transfer from my part-time job to here to Florida. So I said, send me anywhere into the Tampa, Florida area. That's near Riverview, which is where I live. Um, and pretty much just going in blind. You know, like my parents, you know, like my – especially my, my mom. Like she would tell me – and obviously, like she wasn't doing this in, like, in a mean way or anything. It was just, you know, a concerned parent. She would like walk into my room and see me on these real estate websites, um, just looking at these houses. And she's like, listen, it's great to dream, but you're going to be a newlywed. You better start looking at something smaller because if not, you're, gonna, you're not going to know what the heck's going to happen. And I, I respect what you're saying. I totally get it. I know that's technically what makes sense, but I have faith in this process. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just know I'm going to buy a freaking house that looks like this. And it's in this area. It was to the point I literally knew the area where I was going to live in because I would go into Google Maps into like Street View 
and hit the arrows just to travel through the streets, just to get used to it. Um, and this is before me ever knowing anything about what the law of attraction was or anything. I was actually doing it before I knew that that was a thing. Um, so I ended up asking for a transfer. I got a transfer to another advanced auto parts over here in, in Tampa and ended up being in literally the worst place I could ever imagine. Like it was the ghetto. I mean, <laughs> it was literally on a, it was in this intersection called, it was Hillsborough Avenue and 34th Street. And so just to give you an idea of the environment, people will walk into the store without shirts and on their back, they have tattooed 34th Street. Wow. That's, that's actually pretty crazy. That's how hood it was. And like people would like come in and, you know, like this pretending to be an interested customer and would just say, hey, um, what's that? What's that air freshener that everybody seems to be liking a lot? And it's like, oh, yeah, it's the it's the one called Black Ice, which was true. <laughs> Because, like, a lot, a lot of people buy those because their car smells like weed so much. That's, like, the strongest one they could use. And they, <laughs> they use, like, ten of them at a time. And literally, like, I, I remember this time, like, this guy asked me. And I go, oh, yeah, it's called the Black Ice. And that day, it happened to be truck day. And so we had, like, totes full of air fresheners as we were going to put them up. And all of a sudden, as soon as he asked me, I turned the other way. He grabs a handful and just runs out of the store. And I'm just looking at him like, did that just happen? so so stupid you know (laughs) um so anyway so i got a transfer to that store remember i was i had no clue what was gonna happen i got transferred with the minimum wage and wait wait before before you go a little further wait Mm -hmm. so how long was it that you decided like it was was it between when you decided hey like i want to go here and you started like looking up stuff and you actually like arriving like what was that time frame i don't even think maybe 13 months give or give give or take because, um, oh, because also, like, the, re- um, the way that we chose the wedding and everything was, you know, based on a certain day because it made, it, made, it made sense for, like, the cruise that we were going to take and everything. So we were kind of jugg- juggling dates based on that and stuff. And then, um, actually, before I even go more forward, just so you could see how things work and everything, when I was talking about getting married and all that stuff, we had already planned the day for the wedding. Um, my my parents you know like the day they they wanted to help as much as possible but they were saying listen we could either pay for your honeymoon send you on a cruise or we could give you you know like three thousand dollars cash so you could have that extra money right and i obviously i said you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna take take the cash well they happened to go on a cruise that my uncle had actually invited them to so like they didn't even pay for it and all of a sudden dude it's the craziest shit ever i freaking had a dream then like the night before they were coming home from the cruise, I had a dream that they had played bingo and they won a freaking cruise and they gave it to me from for the for you know for my honeymoon. And dude, can you believe the next day that exactly happened to the point where they still talk about it today because they were so disappointed in my reaction? They literally get home and they go, Man, we you know, we had to you know, we have to tell you the story. And they sat me down in the freaking living room. And I'm already freaking out because this is exactly how it happened in, in the freaking dream. <laughs> and I'm looking at them. I'm like, this is they are not going to say that they want a cruise playing bingo. If they are, I'm, I'm going to literally probably just freeze here. And they literally and they're all excited. They're with tears in their eyes. Guess what? We played bingo the first night we were there and we won a cruise for you. And I'm just looking at them with no react, like no expression in my face. 
<laughs> like this this can't be real and they're dude they got so disappointed in my reaction because i'm just freaking out inside and i'm just looking at them like a zombie like like i'm looking at a ghost so so that so that was crazy so like i don't know like i i, I feel like i started to see i guess you could say the the grace of god in the whole situation of me you know wanting to move in faith basically so anyway so when i got a transfer which i actually got transferred before the wedding date so as soon as i got approved for the transfer the the um, district manager from the advanced auto parts called me when i was still living in puerto rico and he's like hey listen i have this spot available for you how much time do you know like are you gonna have to take and i go listen I already have a wedding planned. The honeymoon's already paid for. It's such and such date. I'll leave now if you want, as long as you know that I'm going to have to leave for my wedding and for my honeymoon. He goes, okay, perfect. And I go, he goes, um, I could hold the spot for two weeks. Would that work? I go, absolutely. Give me, give me two weeks. And that same night, I just booked a flight and I left in two weeks. Um, so when I left, I was still, like I said, I just went with the flow. I was still... Um, Working, I was a, technically a part timer, working about fifteen hours a week, making seven twenty five an hour, whatever I think it was uh, seven twenty five or seven thirty five, something like that. And that's what I had planned to. I, I think you know that's what I thought I was going to end up with. So all of a sudden, it turns out what I got transferred to was a position <laughs> called a commercial account manager, which is basically the business to business part of the company. So I wasn't dealing with you, you know. Your regular customers that you like see when you just you're, or like when you're a customer, you just walk into a parts store, you order a part. I was not that person. I was in the background dealing with all the shops, you know, like the big tire shops, the where people would take their cars to get their, you know, to, to get their issues fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in charge of making sure these huge companies used us to get their parts from. Right. So that was crazy. I was terrified. Um, and obviously, then that came with a, a really nice raise, which I was not expecting at all. So that's when the journey really started. I'm like, oh, wow. You see, I just moved in faith. I didn't worry about the how. And the universe and God makes everything work in mysterious ways for it to start working. Right. So in that process, I immediately as soon as I got here to the States before the wedding even happened, I started to look at the houses I liked. Keep in mind, I had no clue about what real estate was and, you know, in regards to knowing what I was qualified for or anything. I just saw the house of my of my dreams, the style of it, and I will call the real estate agent that was listed. And I just started the process. Um, we ended up. We ended up getting a house or sorry, we ended up finding this one house that was a short sale. If any of you know what in, you know, anything about real estate, you know, short sales have the name is the stupidest shit ever because there's nothing short about it. It takes mm-hmm. it takes months because it's like a it's basically a home that's borderline about to be bank owned and they have to try to get the bank to agree to sell it for less than what's owing on it. Really, so that takes months. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up finding this house and somehow the owner of that house got in contact with me and said, "Hey, since this this may take a few months, I'm actually willing to let you live in the house and pay rent." for it um until the process is done i'm like okay great so we moved in we were all excited we were in the dream home it was in the golf course area um on a little lake in the back and it was a two-story home exactly what i was telling my parents i was going to get um so we started to pay rent in there 
for close to six months, man, this process took the short sale. Then we finally, after ups and downs, we finally get to closing. They call us in to go to closing. And all of a sudden, the guy that's doing all the paperwork, I, I don't even know what kind of title he had. I guess but he was the guy in charge. All of a sudden, he goes, hey, wait a second. Why is the light bill in your name? And I said, well, because the owners told us we could live there and pay rent until the time came to buy it. He goes, you know, this person has not paid their mortgage in over like two years, right? And I'm like, no. He goes, that's why it's a short sale, you moron. <laughs> you know, basically. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. He goes, that's not legal. I want nothing to do with this. He pretty much closed everything, canceled everything, kicked us out of his office. And I'm, dude, I'm young as hell. I have no idea what the hell's going on. And I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, and that was a very tough time in my life because I feel like I just lost my dream. I had gotten up to it. And I'm like, oh, my God. So just when I was about to get really, really frustrated and kind of drown in, in, in pity, I said, no, you know what? Screw this. I had faith that this was going to be right. And I just looked again on a website. And I happened to see this house that I had not seen at all. Keep in mind, I was looking at houses every freaking day. And I saw this other house that's in the same area with a bigger lake in the back, bigger square footage, two-story on the golf course. And I'm like, that's the freaking house. I am pre-approved for this amount. This one's about 20K more, but I think I, I, I'm sure the bank would do it. And long story short, we ended up getting that house and it's the one I'm in now. So that was a cool way of seeing how the law of attraction works even before I knew what it, the heck it was. Um, so in that process, I, I, you know, I kept on working at advanced auto parts, ended up getting um, re recruited to work for, for AutoZone because I was kicking their ass in sales. <laughs> and they, uh, so they ended up getting me there. They made me an offer. I ended up taking the job there. So between Advanced Auto Parts starting in Puerto Rico and AutoZone, I ended up working in that same type of job industry for close to 10 years. It's like nine years and eight months or so. Um, and it was really shitty, man. Like, I, it's, it, it was the most stressful job ever. It wasn't, there wasn't a day that passed that I could not pick up a phone call and just be screamed at. Um, so I absolutely hated it. I started to get really, really stressed out. Still, still to this day, if anything happens that causes just a little bit of stress, it I get overly stressed over it because it's like you're so used to just having an immediate headache over anything. And that's something I'm still working on. Um, but back in 2013, if anyone listening to this isn't anything involved in network marketing, and most of you will probably know what the heck um, Empower Network is. And I got involved with that. I, saw, I actually saw a magazine, like a work from home magazine, because I was trying to figure out how, how to work from home, because I absolutely hated having a boss. And I saw this article with this dude's story. His name was Aaron Rashkin, which was pretty cool. I actually met up like about two years ago. Um, but anyway, I saw his story that he was working from home. He was making really good money. It turned out to be what he was doing was this company called Empower Network. I joined them, got involved with it, failed miserably at it. Um, it wasn't even because about skill. It was just like I was new in this. Like the, I think they were way too advanced already for what I knew, like the whole lingo when it came to everything, just from capture pages to 
um, digital marketing to making ads to what the, you know, just all this crazy stuff, pay-per-click. And I had a really, really, really shitty laptop, absolutely horrible laptop that it would, you know, you would just try to type a word and it would take maybe like five minutes for the word to appear in whatever you were writing. It was that slow. So trying to run an online business and learn with that issue, that was pain in the ass. Um, my wife thought the company was totally stupid. She was like, you could tell that that's just a, <laughs> that's just a scam. Um, so I had that pressure on me too. She was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not buying it. And I would try to be there hours and hours and she would get upset. So all that stress and obviously a lot of just shitty excuses from my part ended up making me quit that ended up continuing to work, be frustrated and hate it. Three years later, which was 2016, um, I got back into it. I ended up writing um, someone that was in the online marketing world. And I said, hey, listen, I've been following you for a while. I absolutely am tired of my job. I, I'm, I want to take this serious. Whatever it is that you're doing, um, I, I want to do. Um, so he sent me a link and it ended up being, which if anyone knows me, they know that I'm very involved with a company called Enagic. And it ended up being that um, I got involved with Enagic um, hard. I got really, really involved with it in June of 2016, was able to quit my job the last week of October of that same year and do this full full time. Um, and then after I did that, I started to face my personal fears, which I haven't even mentioned up, up to now. And that was basically my entire life. Um I was really ashamed, especially in Spanish, because obviously I lived in Puerto Rico because it's a lot more worse in Spanish. I would, um, I would stutter a lot, like hardcore. And sometimes it still happens. I just don't give a shit anymore. And that's what helps. But it was really, really bad, like to the point where talking would give me a borderline migraine slash tension headache because it was so hard sometimes to get my words out. And I was totally ashamed of it. So between being ashamed of it and then actually physically being tough, it would just... Like, I would just avoid people, right? I was a very antisocial kid. Um, I suck at sports be, <laughs> because of it, because I just didn't want to deal with people. I hated, absolutely hated people. <laughs> so, so as when I got involved in, in, in an adjunct, this, you know, that was my inner struggle. I wouldn't talk about it or mention it, but it was like, crap, if I want to get this to the level I want to, I'm going to have to talk to a lot of people. I'm going to have to become a leader and pretty much lead people and to lead people sometimes it involves a lot of talking probably 99% of the time and being, <laughs> and being the face of what you're trying to push out there, you know? So we went to an event, uh, an Agic event, uh, which was in October of in October. No, it was actually in September, I believe of 2016. We went to a really big Enagic event in Vegas and, you know, like, obviously, up to that point, I was just in it for the, for the money, you know. Mm -hmm. And, but when I got over there, I started to hear people talking, you know, in the, in the hallways and stuff and about how this product had changed their life. You know, obviously, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be briefly over this time that I'm this, on this podcast to try to push any product here or anything. So it basically how people were talking about how it was changing their lives. Literally, this one lady was like freaking out like the night before the event because she was trying to find this product where somebody had brought it because um, she didn't have hers with her. And she was like freaking out. And all of a sudden, everybody was like, I mean, just chill, you know, you just wait until 
event starts, which they're going to have it for everyone. She goes, no, what you don't get, and she like almost started crying, but out of anger, she goes, what you don't get is that a year ago, I was in a hospice dying of cancer, and this changed my life, and I'm here today to talk about it. So right there, I'm like, oh, shit, this is, this is serious. And then this other kid came up. He had just turned 18, and you could kind of tell he had like a physical problem with his body. And I was just overhearing a conversation he was having with someone that he was born with some kind of condition, which I forgot the name of. But basically, you're born and your body starts eating away your muscle tissue. So it's mm-hmm. it's really, really weird. And all of a sudden, this all of a sudden started to change his life. And doctors were freaking out because his muscles started to grow back. So I'm listening to that. I'm trying to not cry. Listen to this kid. I mean, he's not even having a conversation with me. I'm just overhearing everything. So basically, story after story after story, I was like, I'm not going to make this about me anymore. Like, I'm here struggling, trying to avoid people because I just don't want to talk with them because I'm ashamed if I'm going to sound weird or I'm going to stutter or whatever. And I basically told myself and I kind of told God, you know, it's like, screw this. Like, I need to get over this fear and not really give a crap about it because it's not about me. I need to get this message out there because I'm on a mission to change lives. I feel like I'm here for a purpose. I feel I just learned all this stuff. And more than a business, more than something cool to make money with, I feel it's a responsibility now. And if I don't take action on this, I feel like I'm going to suffer the consequences of it because I feel like it's almost borderline, I guess, a calling now at this point. So all of a sudden... When I made that decision in my mind, I didn't tell anyone about it, but I was, I was anxious to start telling my story. So I started to talk about it, everyone, you know, talk about it to everyone. And everyone's looking at me like I'm freaking crazy. And finally, it's like, but what are you talking about? Like, you're talking perfectly. You're not stuttering at all. And it just hit me. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you're like, I'm like, you're kind of right. I don't think I have it, and which is very, very rare. Trust me. And I feel like... Mm-hmm. To that point, I just learned a huge lesson. I had to stop making it about me and start worrying about people, you know. And I think as a as a aftermath of that, I guess you could say, or as the result of caring about people, it kind of it kind of changed. And it's and it's weird because it still happens at time. Like if I feel like 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 whenever I'm talking about something that has absolutely no value and it does absolutely nothing for anyone, I I, I start to notice it more. But then when I'm talking about something valuable or something that makes sense or whatever, something worth people's time, it start, it, I end up doing it less. It's the weirdest shit ever. <laughs> um, so that's really my story. But And then something interesting, like, like, like a side note, um, everybody in the world and their mom and their sister and their newborn baby knows who the hell Tony Robbins is, right? <laughs> um, I had no clue who Tony Robbins is. I was actually looking up videos about stuttering. And all of a sudden, there's this famous, famous video, apparently, where Tony Robbins helped this guy get over his stuttering, and now he doesn't stutter at all. That's how I found Tony Robbins. And I became obsessed with Tony Robbins because I started to look at his, at his stuff. Even though what he taught that guy about the stuttering did not help me at all, I discovered freaking Tony Robbins and about business and stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is perfect freaking timing, you know? Um because if anybody follows Tony Robbins, you know what he teaches is freaking amazing. And I kind of feel like that's proof of how when, you know, not to get too christian here or godly here, but I feel like people have a habit of saying that everything happens for a reason. And I, I'm a firm believer in that. I don't think that's ap- 
necessarily true because there's a lot of bad shit that happens in the world, you know, and I don't think a lot of people are deserving of it or it doesn't happen for a reason. But um, I think when you when you give up and you kind of just give all your situation to God or, you know, some people like to say the universe or whatever, when you give everything to him, I believe that he makes everything work together for our good, you know, and I feel like thanks to my stuttering and all that kind of crap I went through is that I discovered, for example, Tony Robbins. And I discovered, of the result of discovering Tony Robbins, I discovered a bunch of other stuff that has made my journey a lot more possible into being full-time into what I'm doing right now. So that's pretty much my story. Um, didn't mention much about direct sales, so we could talk about that. <laughs> but, um, but just wanted to give you a very fast background. I mean, as fast as possible. I know I've been talking like for 20 minutes or more. But that's basically my story. So whatever you want to know about sales, let's get into it. What do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, so for, for a lot of people listening in, uh, you guys know uh, my story, Wally's story. You know that Wally does copywriting. Um, you have some clients that's kind of the top in the network marketing industry, putting systems and automation. And, um, you know, just realize that Tim, actually what's unique about him, you know, we all, we all met him at a Gary Vee event. And he's not just doing direct selling, but, you know, I think what one thing we liked about him is that you actually had systems in place. Mm -hmm. um, I, think when, I think when people hear the word uh, direct selling or network marketing, uh, especially our, our, our listeners right now, maybe maybe have a bad taste in their mouth with the industry. Um, I, they have this fear because I, I, they believe that, oh, we have to talk to our friends. We have to talk to our family. We're going to be one of those guys and, and we don't be part of this industry. But in 2018, I don't think people realize that you know, in any industry, you can put systems in place that, you know, uh, for marketing. And I want you to tell people about that, like, you know, kind of, you know, how did you transition into just kind of talking to family and friends to um, becoming a marketer and, and really driving, driving traffic like, like an actual entrepreneur does um, to be able to scale your business? Well, yeah, I mean, after, you know, digging for stuff and learning, you know, click funnels and all that kind of stuff, um, I just got really, really into it. And also, I kind of like what you're saying that, that fear or just running out of people of your in your warm market to talk with, you know, it, it you can kind of finish that list of people really, really, really quick. Um, no, like no matter how big your memory jogger is or whatever you you know, whatever it is that you use to think of people. Um, so I started to really get into like funnel building and the marketing of it, you know, at least when it came to ads and how to get your, product in front of people and different ways to kind of trick the brain into looking at your stuff. So I started to really think hard of how can I do this? So, you know, for example, if I wanted to get a personal trainer to look at my stuff, I would literally, and this is some golden nuggets for anyone that does Facebook ads, Save. Oh, wait, wait. You're about to, you're about to drop a, a huge knowledge yeah. boner. Boner. Huge, huge boner. <laughs> Get the tissues ready. <laughs> <laughs> so for, like, for example, I would think like, okay, most people end up wanting what they can't have. If you try to, if you try to push it down the throat, they end up, they end up feeling like you're just desperate, right? So you kind of have to make it feel like they're the ones making the decision to buy something. You're not convincing them because as soon as they feel like you're convincing them, it could literally, it could literally tell them, listen, this is going to guarantee you're going to live for the rest of your life and you're not going to die. If they feel like they're making the decision to buy because you convinced them, they're going to be like, fuck you, guy. I'm just not, screw you. You're not going to trick me. 
yes, you just told me this would give me eternal life. I don't give a crap because my pride is too big, you know? So, for example, like personal trainers or gym gym owners, if I wanted to push my product, I would literally make an ad that would appear to be for the customer. I would say, hey, is your gym or personal trainer offering you this? If they're not, you should go somewhere else. But the targeting in the background was strictly for people that call themselves personal trainers, (laughs) Um, gym owners experts in this and this and that it was not directed towards the customer at all you get it so it would end up being it would end up falling in the eyes of pretty much who i was criticizing supposedly and that will get the business owners or the gym owners or personal trainers to be like oh shit what are what like what are these other people offering clients so i could get them you know so i started to see a lot of results in that kind of just tricking the system wording something differently but targeting kind of the opposite of what the copy would say if that makes yeah, sense. yeah absolutely I, I i agree with that 100 percent. and and i see a common mistake all the time i'm, I'm in a bunch of uh, different entrepreneurial groups um some of them being network marketing and i mean there's no engagement in these because every single quote unquote professional and i do use my fingers with fucking parentheses um are just blasting all over their pages and in these groups and you got to realize when you post something whether you're running advertising or not i mean that's still an ad and Mm -hmm. and people just like oh you know who wants to make x you know per month or who wants to join a new opportunity and blah 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 like just so Mm salesy and then and and i'm always like just thinking like guys like if you believe in your product and your service and and you you're having success like, wouldn't it just be so awesome if people were just reaching out to you and the you and then your only question is, why do you feel like you deserve to be on my team? Mm-hmm. Like, think about the power in that. Like, there's no selling. There's no there's no join my opportunity. It's it's hey, people are intrigued. They have an idea of kind of what you're doing. And then now all of a sudden they have to sell themselves why they should be part of your journey, part of your 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 opportunity and your vision. And so it kind of flips it. And then, and so it's like, they're selling themselves. So I, I really like that, that approach. Um, now, you know, so there could be some network marketers or direct sellers listening to this right now. Uh, this is really good stuff. Um, I, I feel like too, when it comes to spending advertising dollars, a lot of people kind of have that fear. They're like, Oh, well um, I, I'm not making as much money as I want to with my business right now. And um, you know, I, I don't know how much to put into the, these ads and, you know, I don't want to just blow through like a hundred bucks. Um, and, and me and Wally have kind of, we touched base on this before, um, you know, you have to spend money to gain a client, but at the same time, you're also getting the ROI. So right now, I mean, do you know, do you know what your numbers are? So for instance, I mean, like if you were to hand Facebook $1, what, what would your return be right now? Just so people could understand the, the method of the madness of why this is beneficial. Well, I mean, it obviously that has to do a whole lot with the product you push to. Because uh-huh. obviously, like, my ROI is ridiculously high just because the product I push and the rank I am in my business. <laughs> so right. say if it costs me, I don't know, like when, like when I run ads, I get an average click rate of, I don't know, say 88 cents or something. It depends the city I'm doing it in because sometimes that fluctuates. But say if out of 100 clicks, I get one serious lead and they actually become a customer they make me close to two thousand dollars so it's ridiculous so but so that's 80, just, 
88 cents to per um, hundred, right? Yeah. Give so or take, yeah. That's what, 88 bucks? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so for those listening, if you're in network marketing or direct selling, how many people would, would, would gladly pay $88 to make fucking two grand? Like not even, not even that, but not having to do outreach, not having to bug your friends and your family, not having to do this whole selling thing where people are reaching out to you, you're in control of the conversation and they are selling themselves to you. Like, think about that for just a second. We want to talk about like entrepreneurship. You want to talk about, you know, knowledge, like, like, and, and strategy, like how impactful would that be for your business? And I don't think people realize, I think people just don't think it's possible. You know, I think uplines in these industries are just, you know, they're beginners or, or they just are going off this old method that's outdated. And, and, and guys, we have technology now, like it, every, like shit is so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on this, Wally? I know you've been kind of in the background there. Well, yeah, think about it. Like a lot of these network marketers are in the old scheme. And well, and, well, I guess, I guess because I know a little bit of the background of network marketing and especially at the high levels, I can kind of say this. So obviously without mentioning any names, but, you know, network marketers at, at really high levels, you know, they, they, they have this whole like Pharaoh complex. That's what I'm going to call it. So meaning like, you know, these old schoolers that have been doing network marketers like 10, 15 years, they have this thing where they want their downline to pretty much bow for them. It's like, it's like, I want you to hold that. Like, I want you to, to pretty much kiss the ground that I walk on. Like, you know, freaking kiss my feet, you know, kiss my ring. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the issue with that is obviously, you know, like you never really, they never really invest into their people anymore. So, so for all these companies that have been around for a long time and they had the same like top leader, that guy literally didn't, te- has, hasn't been keeping up with, with the internet. You know what I mean? So, so they, they, they just haven't invested any time in like teaching these people, Hey, you have a phone now. Like, your phone can make you more money than your upline will ever make you in a meeting. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then also like something to like point out, cause it goes back into the fear. Like if you're just, you know, like if you're still fearing putting money into Facebook ads and, you know, setting it at just to start out like a five bucks a day, then, you know, you're, you're pretty much screwing yourself because that is such an entry level, you know, when it comes to the stage in your life, if you want to, make it big and achieve something because this whole thing this whole type of business world it's strictly a trial and error type of business you're not gonna learn without making mistakes you're just absolutely not and then you know that also goes into the type of business that you get into if you've been if you've been failing a lot most of the time it's because you get into these bullshit companies these bullshit products where you're selling these lotions and potions and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to do this because more people are going to buy it because it's a dollar. Yeah, but what's what profit are you making from that? Like five cents? You know how long it's going to be before you could say or feel proud of what, 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 what you're doing or you could quit your job? Like mm-hmm. people have this fear of getting into high-end products or like high-ticket item businesses because they're in fear of, oh, well, this people is not going to buy it then or i'm not gonna you know i don't want to invest this much money in it it's like no the higher you know the higher the product is the higher the return on investment's gonna be like i love i love i love that you brought that up we uh we we covered why people should be in high ticket uh last week in an episode nice so yeah yeah i mean it makes it makes sense i mean like why the hell it it takes almost the same amount of work if you focus on learning your targeting 
it's going to be the same amount of work. This, the, the only difference is the return on investment is going to be way more. Facebook doesn't know that you're selling a freaking $5,000 item if you're, exactly. you know. So, like, would you rather pay 40 bucks in ads just to get that one solid prospect and if them become a customer and um, finally become a customer and buy your bullshit $5 product when you spend 40 bucks to get that customer? Or would you rather spend 40 bucks or $80 and get a $5,000 customer? For the same yeah. amount of work, the same amount of effort, the same amount of knowledge. Yeah, exactly. So, so in, in closing, you know, we're cutting time. We've got appointments coming up. Um, what would you, for people that are, are thinking mm -hmm. about getting mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, maybe they want to get into direct selling um, or, or network marketing and they're looking at a company, right? What, you know, what, what, what advice do you have to those listening that they should look for if they wanted to be able to join a company uh, have the opportunity to have a good ROI, maybe possibly do marketing and, and, and have prospects coming to them. You know, what should they look for in a business? Well, um, first, do, do your research on the company. Like, how long have they have they been around? If they've only been around for a few months or a year, I would pump the brakes on joining them just because they could disappear. Like, you know, the company I got involved with has been around for over 43 years, so they're solid, you know. Also, more importantly than anything, the person you're going to join through, they're going to probably sell you a bullshit story that the method they're using is the new one. And that's why they're so successful. Like when I got involved, the bullshit story of through the team that I joined, which I'm not with them anymore, was like, we're the first people doing this online. This company, you know, is totally old school and our methods and this and this. And that was the first time you're hearing of the company. I believed it. Turns out like a few months later, I'm noticing there's a lot of kids that are doing way more freaking better work than the leaders and just like you, I'm doing the quotations with my fingers. These leaders were doing, and they were kicking ass way more. And I was like, shit, I wish I would have did my research. I would have been thankful that I found out about the product through such and such person. But I would have joined these people's team because I would have learned a lot more. So do your research on whoever's trying to sell you the um, opportunity. And then just practice, um, like when it comes to Facebook ads and stuff, just be willing to spend money. Realize and have the conversation with yourself because we're all human and we do all the same shit. If you don't spend the money on Facebook ads, you're going to spend it at a freaking restaurant or you're going to buy yourself something stupid. So you're going to, if you're broke now, you're going to be broke later. If sure. you're, if you're not going to spend the money on something that's going to possibly teach you a lesson before even making your money, you're going to spend it on something else that's going to waste. It's, you're going to end up broke regardless. So you might as well end up broke on something that's going to teach you something. Awesome. I love it. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, yeah, Tim, man, thanks so much for being on today's episode, uh, sharing your story. For everyone listening, we do have a Instagram page now. So uh, Instagram.com forward slash Knowledge Boner Podcast. Definitely check out the page. Go ahead and like the page. Um, we'll be updating you guys in future episodes. As well, we have our subreddit group now, which uh, Wally is still in there, always conversing and talking to people. So thank you, everyone, for the feedback. If you're on YouTube, you know, post your thoughts below in the comments. Uh, you can follow me and Wally, uh, Dylan Star Official, and Wally at Wally underscore the robot. And Tim, for anyone that wants to follow you, uh, maybe see what everything you're all about, where would you like people to follow you at? I mean, I just have a regular Facebook page, if that's... And for what you've heard about kind of me, I'm very kind of like an underground person. <laughs> so like, I mean, on my Facebook, I believe it's Tim, Tim Pitt, Tim underscore Pitt. Yeah, it's Tim dot Pitt dot seven. Basically okay, on nice. Facebook. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead. We'll put uh, something out there. And, you know, thank you guys, everyone, for tuning in. And definitely check out uh, our first episode. You can go on Facebook. And I believe it's under, what, Where Two or More on the Facebook page. Is that correct, Tim? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're Two or More Society. Awesome. Like, we're Two or More Society. It's a new group. Um, me, Wally, Tim, uh, Fong, you know, we all, we all get together and, um, you know, just kind of do motivational Wednesdays, just kind of share our stories and, you know, we're going to be pushing out a bunch of content, super excited for it. And, uh, so thank you guys, everyone for tuning in and we will catch you guys tomorrow for Tuesday and for another episode. And I hope everyone has a wonderful Monday. Let's go get it this week. See ya.